Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Tuesday, March 30th, 2021. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, we've got the latest on gun control in the Senate. Number two, we've got new details on the race to overturn the results in Iowa's second district. And number three, a look at how Mike Pence and Mike Pompeo are looking to take up the 2024 mantle for Republicans. All right, Jake, we've been bearish on gun control actually moving through the Senate um, since kind of this issue has been reignited in the wake of two mass shootings. But there does appear to be a sliver, and I'm going to say a very small sliver uh, of hope if you are pushing for gun control right now in the Senate. Yeah, I would say that's right. So, um we had yesterday Mitch McConnell in Kentucky um, saying, you know, he was interested in some sort of discussion about mental health and about getting guns out of the hands of people with mental illnesses. That is, you know, there's nothing new about that, but the the it's a little bit new. It's just it's interesting to hear him say that because one of the proposals under consideration by Democrats is this red flag legislation, legislation that would do just that, take take guns out of the hands of people who are are mentally ill and could hurt themselves or other people. Furthermore, Chris Murphy, uh, Senator Chris Murphy from Connecticut, uh, is working the phones, talking to Republicans. He has been tasked with um with finding common ground and finding um, a, a path forward on gun control. And 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 he's pushing for all sorts of things, including a background check bill. Now, Mitch McConnell um, will oppose the House's background check bill, but he said, and interestingly enough, and I found this interesting, and Mitch McConnell doesn't say anything by accident, he said, um, if the other side wants to have a discussion about background checks, That's fine. He's interested in that or he's open to that. That's somewhat new. Now, I'm still very bearish, as I'm (laughs) sure you are. But I mean, putting those together just seems like it's a um, it's a new it's a newish newish sound from McConnell. I think that's probably right. I mean, it's definitely reading the tea leaves here a little bit. But that's that's a lot of what we do is try to figure out politicians and their body language about where things may be going, where they aren't. I think the other real open question here beyond the Senate is what is what where does this issue fall in the priority list for the Biden administration? They are coming off of a big win when it comes to COVID relief, um, are now trying to focus on this massive infrastructure package. Um, so the real question, I think, if you're looking at this issue is how much effort Will Joe Biden personally, will the top people in his administration actually put toward a legislative fix or even on a more um, executive action fix, right? They're working on the executive actions on several fronts, including regulating the sale of ghost guns, those untraceable homemade weapons that are increasingly popular. Um, There's also questions about whether they might do an executive order related to funding community violence prevention centers and also what how far can they go on this background check system right i think the other big thing that we're always looking at it's always kind of hanging over this issue and any ma- any big issue where we're it's unclear even if there's 50 democrats on this is what impact does this have on the filibuster yeah if if democrats can't get 
I tend to think if Democrats can't get this gun, can't get gun legislation through, there will be a move or there will be some people moving to blow up the filibuster. No question about that. Now, is this the issue that they blow up the filibuster on? I don't I don't know, but there will be people who are clamoring for that. Let's move on to the number two story of the day. What Democrats are reading about in Iowa, too. Uh, we've been spending a lot of time on this race because it's kind of a microcosm of the whole issue. One, in terms of, you know, the number of ma uh, majority seats that Nancy Pelosi has and the fact that um, you have Rita Hart, who lost the race in Iowa's 2nd District, who is challenging Marianette Miller-Meeks. Uh, but not doing it through the court system, but through the House Administration Committee. What's the latest there? So the Marionette Miller-Meeks and Rita Hart are locked in this epic battle over the seat. Obviously, um, uh, Miller-Meeks won by six votes. Uh, Rita Hart's trying to overturn it. Now, we got our hands on a memo this morning. Democrats are passing around about the race. A lot of Democrats are being asked whether they believe Rita Hart's challenge is, is proper. So the Democrats are trying to put information in the hands of their lawmakers to um, to uh, beat back on that. Now, listen, a couple interesting things here. Um, this process is going to go on for a very long time. Uh, we're talking about straight through the summer. This challenge is going to go on straight through the summer. That's number one. Number two, it's quite rare to have a party leader like McCarthy go to Davenport, Iowa and appear next to uh, the congresswoman. And, and McCarthy is just making a lot of this challenge. He's spending a lot of time talking about it. And Democrats are finding themselves on defense about it. And don't you think, I mean, the thing to me that is so interesting about what Kevin McCarthy is doing is, yes, of course, his seat is important, and I, I don't want to minimize that for Republicans and for his return to the majority, but they clearly smell blood in the water and how uncomfortable they are able to make it for Democrats, not only really, you know, Speaker Pelosi, but a lot of moderate Democrats who have been railing against uh, you know, Donald Trump for trying to steal the election and do these recounts. And, you know, when the evidence wasn't there, it really, um, I, I think for Republicans is one of the things that they feel like they are, can actually get uh, a leg up on Democrats at this point. All right, let's move on to the third story of the day, the future of the Republican Party, always something that we are watching in the post-Donald Trump era. Uh, there's been a lot of noise about who's going to have the mantle in the post-Trump world, who he sees that. He's mentioned, you know, Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida. But we see two former administration officials, Mike Pompeo and, of course, his former vice president, Mike Pence, the tale of the two Mikes, uh, trying to really kind of take that mantle, Jake. Yeah, that's right. I mean, listen, Pompeo is is um, turning into quite the attack dog. Uh, and the New York Times points this out. I mean, um, somebody who is uh, taking a really sharp line against the administration. The New York Times story this morning says something interesting. Lara Jakes, who who um, uh, covered Pompeo at the State Department as the State Department correspondent for the New York Times, says that, you know, writes this morning that it's rare to see a secretary of state take such a a sharp tack against the administration early on. Notably, though, Pompeo has not uh, uh, gone after um 
Antony Blinken, his successor, which I think is interesting. I, I'm we'll see what what Pompeo where Pompeo fits in in kind of the mosaic of candidates here. Uh, There's maybe no shortage, right? I mean, that's the one thing that we we're clearly yeah, seeing. you know, between him and Cotton, and and it's interesting to see. I mean, I don't believe that that Donald Trump mentioned Pompeo as being a, a future leader of the party in his, you know, here are the future leaders of the party thing that he did the other day. So, you know, interesting to see how people view him. Oh, yeah. And I mean, the other thing, that, and, and the AP has a story looking at kind of Mike Pence trying to reemerge here, right? And how he's, it's a really... um going to be tough for him in some ways because there's a lot of Trump loyalists who in the post-January 6th insurrection world view Mike Pence very skeptically. But we're starting to see him make those early entrees into public life, joining conservative organizations, writing op-eds, delivering speeches, you know, kind of trying to raise his hand a little bit and say, hey guys, remember me, I'm ready for this. That's, I mean, to, to be clear, um, uh, he's been trying to say that for about 20 years as much as you know, you and I've been covering Mike Pence for a very long time. He's always thought himself as a president or a, a potential presidential candidate. So nothing to um, nothing surprising there. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening. Hit that subscribe button. Leave us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.